There it is. There is literally the opening bell to round number one, a fight number three. That's right, folks. That means this is episode 31, Pacifico's Boxing. Here we go, folks. Punches and bunches, hot sauce to the ribs, shoe shines in the corner. When in doubt, stick it out. Duro, duro, duro. You're here with Pacifico's Boxing, Alfonso Ruiz, of course. Rick, what's happening? Hey, how's it going, man? Excited to be here, you know, ready for another great show. That's right. You know, and it's round number one, and we're going to I'm gonna continue, right, what we've started doing on every show, talk about some of the great fights, some of the memories. But here's the thing. We have a guest coming on the show with us who is coming off of his pro debut, which turned out to be a knockout in round number one. So how fitting is that, Rick? No, this is huge, man. Uh, you know, can't wait to hear from uh, Raul. Yep. And, um, you know, I'm excited for him. You know, congratulations. And, uh, you know, can't wait to speak to him. That's exactly right. We're talking about Raul Lizarraga. We had him on episode two, um, literally round two, right? A fight mm-hmm. number one. That was back on July 8th, right? Oh, wow. And look at both of us go now, right? He's yeah. He has his pro debut. And here we are on fight number three for us. Um, round number 31, technically, but round number one. So excited about that. Uh, we're going to find out, again, he just won his first fight. That was over the weekend on January 30th. Talk about the whole experience and how that went, especially from when we spoke to him the first time. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and then we've got we've got a lot of boxing news to catch up on, yeah. right? Again, um, I'm not going to say we had a lot of um, memorable fights over the weekend. Well, no, you know, um, Raul's fight over the weekend was better than uh, any of the main eventers that we saw. Yeah, no, there's no doubt about <laughs> it, right? That one should have been on television. Yeah. The whole card should have been on television, in fact. And it probably would have got a higher rating. Nevertheless, right, we do have one fight that took place. We have a couple fights that took over the weekend. One I think that was pretty interesting, this kind of like this makeshift heavyweight fight mm-hmm. that you want to talk about that, you know, Don King has his fingerprints all over, right? Yeah. Yeah. The, Trevor Bryan is, is the new WBA interim heavyweight champion. I know. Yeah. Wow. I'm yeah. saying I'm surprised that that didn't send shockwaves yeah. through the heavyweight in all of the boxing world, right? So we've got that. We've also got um, we've got, we've got some firm dates now. I know we've talked about Taylor Ramirez, Canelo Sanders. So like all that is is, is starting to really come clear as far as who's going to fight who, when, where. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty good. Of course, we had an update by the way on the whole Ryan Garcia and Manny Pacquiao, right? Yeah. So as we suspected and as we covered in our podcast last week, right, the exhibition is no more. Yeah. In fact, it seems like the whole thing is dead now. Yeah. It, it All sources like it, indicate that, right? It seems like it's off. You know, uh, I think uh, Ryan Garcia may have jumped the gun. And uh, Golden Boy saying, hey, we don't have a fight yet. Yeah, and so so here you go, right? And by the way, and this this kind of on the heels of a big moment for uh, Ryan Garcia, getting mm-hmm. that you know big promotional deal with Gatorade. No, that, that'll be awesome. And uh, yeah. just uh, it's huge, you know, to see him, you know, hopefully, you know, See him in a commercial, you know, if he's on the bottle, you know, I think uh, on the Gatorade bottle, we've seen Muhammad Ali, Serena Williams, yeah. you know, it'd be huge. It would be huge, right? But it, but again, right, and this is why the whole exhibition, you know, debacle, fiasco, right, yeah. it detracts from who he is, which is he's a real prize fighter, yeah. right? He's not this gimmick, right? He's not this guy that needs to fight exhibitions. Like a Mike Tyson, like a Roy Jones, like a Shannon Briggs or all these guys that are trying to make comebacks. He is a real fighter and needs to focus his career on real fights, mm-hmm. all right? Because that's the kind of stuff. Genius, by the way, marketing genius. He's the one guy that gets it with the Instagram and, you know, the whole social media, right? But don't start going down this track. And this is when you wonder, like, who his advisors are. You know, and, and, then, and again, we don't know exactly what happened. But if there was really never no fight there, then maybe it's Golden Boy who yeah. needs to be you know, guarded with their words as far as what's happening. Because if you read the stories, it's almost like there was this home in Bel Air, right, that's been on the market. So there was an opportunity to have some kind of a fight there with no fans. Yeah. And then somehow it turned into how about an exhibition to how about let's make it a real fight. By that point, it was too late. Yeah, The word was out. 
Uh, Brian Garcia puts it on Instagram, obviously with the 8 million followers. And then here you have it, right? Only to find out, never mind, sounds like it was a farce. That doesn't help him as a fighter, Rick. Yeah, no, it blows up for about a week. You know, I think think he may have put that out there just kind of as a – I think he was hoping everybody was like, oh, man, this sounds like the the greatest thing ever. We need to do the exhibition, you know, and kind of force Pacquiao's hand. Yeah. And, you know, the more it was out there, the less everybody kind of seemed to think that this was a good idea. Because, yeah, because exactly right. Because here's the thing. There's only a couple fights that we want to see Ryan Garcia in. Mm -hmm. And that is either with Tank Davis, with Devin Haney, or Teofimo Lopez. Right? That's it. Those are the only three fights that we want to see him against. We don't want to see him wasting his time with some exhibition and headgear and some other stuff and all the propaganda machine is in full motion against uh, Manny Pacquiao. Now, if he's going to fight Manny Pacquiao for real, okay. Yeah. Right? I guess. Again, still not the one that we'd like to see him fight. You said it last week. It's the wrong Garcia, right? We'd rather see Mikey Garcia against Manny Pacquiao Mm -hmm. um, because what— what value would that be from a pure fighting perspective to say that Ryan Garcia beat, you know, a, a, a two decades older than him, Manny Pacquiao? Yeah, it, it's kind of a lose-lose. You know, Pacquiao loses. Hey, you lost to a smaller guy. You know, he's a 135-er. You know, it. Um, Pacquiao wins. Oh, well, you beat a smaller guy. You right. Know? So That's it, right. It, it's kind of lose-lose for Pacquiao, but... It's win-win when it comes to the money side. Yeah, and that's unfortunate. Like I said, it just detracts, like I said to begin this, it detracts from him as a real fighter because he legitimized himself. Now, I, you know, we always felt he was a very talented, you know, boxer, fighter. So, you know, we didn't need to see any more. Uh, but it but it was a step up in what he did against Luke Campbell, hitting the canvas, coming back, right? So it just solidified kind of, you know, the skill set that he has. And then he just like makes a an abrupt left turn. And starts calling out Manny Pacquiao for an exhibition, and who knows, right? Hopefully, there was no, you know, collateral damage from that. Did he lose the opportunity with Tank Davis? That's kind of some of what's going on. They're mm-hmm. saying, well, Tank Davis said, okay, forget it. You want to fight exhibitions? I'm gonna move on. Yeah, and yeah, it's for unfortunate. You know, um, you know, we just like to hear something. You know, the, I think the latest name I heard thrown out there was uh, Ryan Garcia, Javier Fortuna. You know, just to keep. Uh, sounds like. A couple of tune-up fights, and then, you know, what I'm hearing, maybe at the end of the year, maybe Teofimo Lopez. Yeah, and I know you've got that coming yeah. up in the boxing news, right? Sounds like there's some been some discussions with mm-hmm. uh, not only that fight, right, but Bob Arum and, and Golden Boy. Um, so we'll save that yeah. for, for the boxing news. All right, folks, but coming up next, right, special guest, uh, prize fighter, professional fighter, right? That's cool. We get to yeah. introduce him in that way. We have 168-pound fighter Raul Lizarraga, who made his pro debut over the weekend. We get a chance to catch up to him and see how that went. So hang on. We'll be right back. You don't want to miss this. Pacifico's Boxing, Alfonso Ruiz and Rick Prado were back and on the line with us. Really special guest. This is a gentleman who joined us for our second podcast. This was back in early July. At that time, he was an amateur looking to make his pro debut. Well, he's an amateur no more, Rick. He is now officially a full-fledged professional prize fighter. We're talking, of course, Raul Lizarraga, who had an impressive first-round knockout over the weekend. Great to have you here. Raul, thanks for joining us. How you doing? Thank you for having me again. I'm good. I'm good. That's awesome, man. So the last we spoke to you, right, it was the second week of July, I think about July 8th, um, as your memory serves, which your memory is much better than ours. You were in the process of getting ready to fight. Um, You had to be very patient, obviously. And then the moment finally comes, you finally make your debut on January 30th. That had to be something, right? It had had to be worth the wait after everything that you had to go through. Oh, man, it was exciting. It was it was off. It was off the chain. It was, it was nothing that you can ever experience. Like you can ever feel in your life. Be like, as soon as you step into the ring, all the hard work, all the the sweat, the blood, and all you just like you forget about it. You just want to go on there, go on a show. And I think that's what I think makes it so special, right? It's like you've been in the ring, obviously, you know, dozens if not hundreds of times. 
um, thousands of rounds, you know, even with fighters at the world-class level. Um, you've won tournaments at the amateur level. You've competed all, all across the country. But there's nothing like your first professional fight. How did that feel? Did you, regardless, right, of the situation, opponent, city, did you still have butterflies? Were you pretty nervous uh, stepping into the ring? No, I, I didn't really have butterflies. It's more like, it's more like you're so excited. You just want to go in there and just like, and like bash home and like bash homeboy's head and like, like, <laughs> I, like get it, get that excited. The only, the only, the only thing is, is that when you have to, when you have to weigh in, when you have to weigh in this stuff, you're like really, literally sitting in the cross and you're like, damn, I'm about to kick homeboy's ass. It's just like, I mean, I don't want, I don't want homeboy staring at me most of the time. You know, it was sure. a little awkward at first. Sure. Yeah. Hey, uh, Raul. Uh, congratulations on the big win. Um, let us know about the about the weigh-in. You know, you're looking across at him. He's looking across at you. You know, uh, wh- what was that feeling like? Well, when I stepped when I stepped on it, well, first, the weigh-ins were supposed to start at eleven, mm-hmm. and I, I ended up there. It was it was like they're taking a sweet ass time. I didn't weigh until twelve forty five. So it's... I'm cranky. I'm pissed off. I'm hungry. TJ time. So after, after the after the weigh-in. They wanted us to pose and then do a face-off. So I'm standing at homeboy in the in between his eyes because I don't want to go back and forth in between his eyes so I can see him, see him in the eyes. See, look at him in the eyes of my peripherals, and he kept breaking eye contact. I don't know if he was, like, nervous or if he thought it was awkward, but I, as soon as I saw that, I was like, ah, I got him. I, I already know he's scared. <laughs> so so I, I, I was... I was confident. I mean, I, I I worked my ass off, so I was like, ah, I'm like, I'm going to do that. That that that's awesome, man. See, and that's that's much different, right? Than than the actual amateur setup when you're actually having the stare down mm-hmm. with the uh, you know, with an actual uh, fighter across from you. What about the weigh-ins? Um, you know, how different was that, Raul, to prepare as a professional, right, to make weight um, at the 168 pound limit versus your you know fighting in the amateurs? How different was that? You know, after you made weight, I think you guys have to weigh in the day before. So after you after that, did you like scarf down and you actually came in in the mid one seventies or tell us about that? Well, the, the thing about the amateurs, you you have to you have to weigh in the same day and that it, and, and you win the tournament. Oh, that sucks because you can't even though you made weight, you can't eat too much because you stay up the fight the next day. So you still got to put on a sauna suit or sweat it all out, and then you weigh in the next day. And, it, it, and so it sucks. But that with professionals, you weigh in the day before. You eat a good meal. Me, what I did, I, I wasn't going to pick out. I, I didn't want to like, grease and shit. I think they get all sloppy. So I didn't, I didn't like ceviche, little, uh, little, some, some salsa on my tostadas and stuff. I couldn't eat much because, because, uh, because I went at 165 and my stomach shrunk so much. Uh, oh, I, I, I get, and the diet we had uh, losing weight, I, I stuck to it out of teeth. Like every little, like the time. When to eat, what to eat. I, I stuck to it. I, I made weight. It was, it was, it was, was weight that it was so easy. Good. By the way, I was going to say, when you talked about what you ate, um, you got to be careful to eat the meat out there, right? Yeah. Although testing was oh, over. Isn't that what... Canelo got in trouble for that meat down there. That's right. It wasn't anything that they put in Canelo's drink to prepare yeah. him for the fight. It was the meat that he was eating, mm-hmm. you know? So that's smart that you ate ceviche and seafood, Raul. Good good move on that, on that man. Yeah, I'm trying to stay away from that carne asada. I'm trying to get tainted meat. <laughs> <laughs> hey, although at that point, right? No, I guess they could test after, right? They, they could, could uh, yeah. They yeah. could do a post-test to see if he's got anything in his system, you yeah. know? I'm not sure if it comes back that quick, but, yeah, it... it uh, yeah, hard to say. Could, yeah. Either way, right? Very astute of Raul's, you know, management team to have him uh-huh. eat seafood, right? Instead of mm-hmm. instead of carne. So, um, so let's talk about the fight itself, okay? Not that there was. Uh, I think the weigh-in was longer than the fight, actually, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when you look uh, back yeah. on it, I know you were excited about the fight, and I'm going to say you were even a little greedy, right? I got had an opportunity to see Raul. At, uh, he was sparring against Lazaro several mm-hmm. weeks ago. And I said, man, that's exciting. You know, hopefully you get the win. And your feeling was, forget about the win. You wanted the first round knockout. And not only did you get the first round KO, but you got it in 16 seconds. So there wasn't, yep. not not necessarily a feel-out round, Raul. <laughs> I, just, I wanted to go in there and I want to make a statement because knockout sells. It's just like, yeah. I, I was just training my ass off so hard and then, 
I would like uh, make my body so sore and then starting it all over the next day, training six days a week. Yeah. I'm just like, I'm just like, man, I don't want to go the distance. I want to knock his ass out. You know, <laughs> and the opportunity came and I, I took it. I, I, got, I got home, but I had to put some pepper on that punch. I saw that. I saw that it was, yeah, it was very impressive. Um, they stopped it. It was, you know, accordingly. And by the way, um, you know, the, the, there's a lot of just, you know, the record for knockout, by the mm-hmm. way, depending on who you believe. Amateur, it was four seconds, which is hard to believe. Yeah. But that's like documented, Golden Gloves, Mike Collins. And then as far as professionals, depending on which record book you follow, it's either 10 seconds or eight seconds. So, mm-hmm. you know, so 16 seconds, it's pretty good, right? That's still yeah. That's still right in there extremely impressive mm-hmm. i mean not yeah. even, even make it to half a minute man <laughs> you know well it's four seconds yeah, just I to mean, get across the yeah. ring <laughs> you know? yeah i mean it's cool it's cool to have a record yeah. and all but a lot of the, a lot of, like having a record don't make don't don't give you recognition like mm-hmm. like top recognition it don't make you money either like you know yeah no absolutely and i think it's like you said rule you know it's like it, it's the it's not just you know you talk about the discipline heading into this fight but think about, right, let's talk about the discipline just overall, right, you know, where you started your boxing journey and, and the sacrifices that you had to make, right, the parties you missed, the, the you know, the plates of carne asada, everything, right, um, the dedication to get to this point. That's why I think it's so special to make your pro debut and to get the knockout rule, right, because we're not talking about a one week. We're talking about years of journey, and here you are, man. That's, that's got to feel special. Yeah, it it was just so much like so much emotions. I mean, I I didn't want to cry because I was so happy, but it was just like, damn, I really I, I did it, I did it, and it cannot, it can't, I can't, I can't go back down anymore. The only way is up, like you know, like I got I got to keep performing at my best and staying and staying disciplined and working hard. Yeah, uh, Raul, how, how many um, people did you have down there uh, watching your fight? Well, it was a close, it was a closed audience. Oh, they did close I thought, it. I thought people, I thought people were gonna come because mm-hmm. like because my coach had people buy tickets and all that and then like three three days before the fight he my coach told me it's a closed audience oh they so closed I, was gonna, it. I was gonna have a lot of people i was gonna yeah. have my dad my brother come my family from san diego come my grandpa was gonna come and then some so, and my the people from the gym so i was gonna be surrounded by a lot of people okay but, i mean they there it was closed audience, so it was all right so, so but so did you have to wait to cross the uh back over the border to uh you know to celebrate Oh yeah, I had to wait to cross over. Right? Yeah, and I was like, I was like, I try to stay here any longer. I mean, no disrespect to TJ and no, no disrespect, but it's just like, oh, man, I don't speak no Spanish, so I'm, yeah. I'm a red flag over there. Yeah. Oh, that's great. That's great. So what what did you do? I mean, you came home. See, I didn't realize that because I met his dad. By the way, yeah. uh, good good dude, man, solid guy. By the way, I was saying, so he didn't get to see the fight live, Raul. You're saying? Well, he saw he saw it live, but it was streaming on. It was okay. streaming on uh it was streaming on Facebook. Okay. Raw, he put it on Facebook page. Okay. So they were able to watch it, but we we but we have AT and T, so you know shitty Wi Fi. Yeah. And then now you're talking. Tijuana service, so it yeah. was all it was all blurry, and then and then and then Christopher told me they were watching. And next thing you know, homeboys on the ground, and then they the guys waving his hand in the air. And he, he said they were like, "Oh shit!" All excited <laughs> in the waiting in the waiting room and all that. See, I could just imagine, right? Because, for, like we've said before, right? It's one thing seeing your kid, you know, play baseball, football, whatever, mm-hmm. but seeing them fight, and especially your pro debut, your dad, man, he had to just be—I don't even know the word—excited, ecstatic, emotional, everything, right? Yeah, he he said he was nervous, excited, and all that, but I could see it in his eyes, like he knew he knew I was ready. Yeah, my brother, my brother was like, "Man, you just do what you do, man. You got it." My dad was like, "Oh, me whole." Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, Dad, I'll be, I'll be back, I'll be back. And when I came back, I wasn't even swaying. I had to wipe the Vaseline off my face. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Yeah. Tell us about, um, tell us about your outfit, the trunks, everything going in. How, how did that come together? Because that wasn't just something um, you pulled off the rack. Man, it was, it was, it was a badass experience. Because I never got my trunks done before. I always got the cheap ass shit, you know, from Title, Ringside, and all sure, that. Sure, sure. So I, I didn't know, I didn't know the process of doing it. Like if I had to pay, like. Like 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 every like every week or something. So sure. I, I texted F4 Studios because I've seen them do uh, I've seen them do trunks before, mm-hmm. like from Top Boxer. Yeah. So I texted him and he, we 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 saw some fabrics. He sent me pictures. We talked, and I I, I told him I told him well originally I wanted it navy blue and white because you know the Padres are from San Diego. I wanted to pay sure. homage, but he was just telling me like no that's that's like the most basic colors a, a fighter can use. And he was like well 
He was like, what? Else? He was like, well, how about we do alternative color? We're not going to do the navy blue, orange, and white. Let's do the brown and, and yellow, but instead of yellow, it's gold. Okay. You know? Yeah, yeah. I like, oh, I was like, oh, hell yeah, that's clean as hell. Yeah. So I was just telling my ideas how I wanted it, like my name in the front and then like 619 in the back. But he went, he, he did it way better than I imagined. It was just, it was so badass how he put it. I, I give him a pop. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get my shorts on them again. They were, they were, they were clean. Yeah. No, no, that's awesome, man. That's awesome. We gotta post that on our Instagram as well. If, mm -hmm. if there's a good uh, shot of that rule, you yeah. know. Yeah, at least you didn't, you didn't come out. Uh, yeah, I saw that one. I saw yeah. that one, but not the back of it when he was saying, you know, I'm gonna yeah. have to take a look at that. No, it looked badass. Um, yeah, at least he didn't come out with like the, you know, the, the macho Camacho or something really crazy, you know, like yeah. the, the skirt shorts or nothing like that. So you did mm -hmm. good. You did good coming out like, you know, with the good basic traditional fighter trunks, but to your style, that is badass. <laughs> yeah. I didn't want to look, I didn't want to look too fat and flashy, you know, like, you know, I want to wear like purple, purple and all that shit. I'm like, oh, I don't know. That ain't my style. Yeah, you know, we were even wondering, right, uh, Is for the first fight, is it too much to come in like the way Ryan Garcia did, like being carried like the king and all that stuff? <laughs> now, the thing about Ryan Garcia, Ryan Garcia, he could come out to, he could come out to however he wants. Yeah. He, he, he's the top dog. He ha yep. Even though he's the interim champion, yep. he's, still, he's still the top dog. He has the more following. He Canelo. He's basically the top dog because he has more fans. He brings in the more, the more money. So you got to give him props for that, respect yeah. for that. Like, you know, he's smart. We we like Ryan Garcia. We like the whole story. In fact, you know, he keeps our podcast going sometimes every week with at least 20 to 30 minutes of material. And he proved in the Luke Campbell that he actually can fight, which I think was uh, was good for him, you know? So, oh, yeah, that was, a, that was a great test. That was a great fight. I was like, damn, yeah. that body <laughs> shot. Ooh. Yeah, those hurt, man. Those, 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 those hurt. So... So Raul, so let's look forward, right? So you finally got your first uh, fight out of the way. By the way, um, who updates Boxing Rec? Because Boxing it's not Rec, updated yet. I know yeah. Boxing Rec still shows you at at, yeah. at zero and zero. Who? How does that ha work? I, I don't know. Because on Friday after the weigh-in, some dude went up to me and kept asking for my ID. Where I was putting my, I'm in my chonies, so I'm trying to put my shorts on, my shoes yeah. and, and shit. Mm -hmm. And he was like asking me, he goes, "Hey, what's your ID?" Well, he was asking in Spanish, and I don't understand. I'm like, I'm like, what, what, what? <laughs> and he goes, ID, ID. And then the guy spoke yeah. English. I don't know why he was asking. He was asking me in Spanish if he spoke English. And he goes, hey, ID. And my, my coach was like, hey, well, what, what for? And he goes, I work for BoxRec. Yeah. And he was, he was like, okay. But I never got a chance to to give homeboy my ID. So no I think the commission updates it or something. But yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think you're right. I think it probably has to become official, Rick. You know that? Mm -hmm. I think they probably have to mark it as official, uh -huh. right? Whoever sanctions it, and then Boxing Rec goes in there and updates it. And then, yeah, you know, I hope they put a good picture. You, of me. Well, yeah, right now there's no picture. It's just the kind of the, the outline. I've seen, <laughs> that's funny. I know. I've seen that they change it, though, right? Because I've seen yeah. May Mayweather changed his uh, picture recently. Mm -hmm. There's fighters that change it. So that's, I was wondering about that. On, on how that works. So, okay, Raul, so you're 1-0, right? You got past your first fight, big hurdle, big milestone, right? Of course, the next question, what's next? What's next? I'm, 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 still, I'm still training. I'm still busting my ass in the gym every day. I was, I'm at the, I was at the gym training like it was any normal day. I'm not going to take like ugh, a couple of days off or a week off like fighters usually do. I mean, it was only 17 seconds, 16 seconds. So, mm -hmm. so. I'm just gonna. You, you got to keep. You got to keep. You got to be humble, and you got to keep to the same routine. I mean, sure. You can't. You can't just go on and off, and then only train in training camps like a month out. Now you got. You got to keep training. So I'm. I'm ready whenever, wherever, for whoever. I'm just stay kids staying ready so I can so I can keep fighting. Hopefully, I fight again either this month or next month because I'm trying to. I'm trying to be active this year. Sure. Yeah. Sure. No, that's cool. And that's the idea, by the way, as, as you know, Raul, because you're a big boxing fan, the fighters that succeed, right? Canelo's a good example, like uh, just same with um, Bernard Hopkins, right? The ones that stay disciplined and don't balloon up, right? 20, 30 yeah. pounds mm -hmm. until their next fight. Mm -hmm. The ones that it's just their lifestyle, right? To be a fighter. That's what Bernard Hopkins used to say, right? It's like you're, yep. you're not a fighter part time. You're a fighter full time, right? Oh, yeah. You got to you got to you, you got to train all year. You can't just train like three months before a fight, four months before a fight, because it was showing the it was showing the ring how how disciplined you are. Like it's just that's why that's why that's why Mike Tyson had his his fall. A lot of fighters had to fall. Like they have the talent, but if you don't have the discipline or the the, the like the the drive for it, 
you just you just you you'll you'll lose. Yeah, and, and you know it, it's yeah, it's all of them. We we had um, we had the author of a of a guy that wrote four books um, on a couple of weeks ago. Raúl he wrote books on Roberto Duran, Alexis Arguello, um, mm-hmm. Wilfredo Gomez, the great Puerto Rican, um, and how come and uh, who's the one I'm missing? Rick Camacho, uh, Duran, and, Wilfredo uh, Gomez, and Alexis Arguello. Did I say Arguello? Yeah. Yeah. So any anyways. Yeah, all, all, all of those guys, following those guys. And these are guys that came from poverty, right, Real? These are guys that came oh, from yeah. with nothing. But even those guys, right, once they got the strap, once they got, you know, back then the Cadillacs mm-hmm. and the females and everything, forget it. You know, that's when they started getting undisciplined, and that's when they started losing to fighters that should have never even been in the ring with them, man. You know? Mm-hmm. So Well, a, a fighter I look to for, like, like if I want to, like, like, base off him – is Marvin Hagler? Yeah, he that's had a good point. He, his discipline was just insane. Yep, yep. Like yep. He, he, I, one of the quotes that my brother told me that he said because my brother is a big boxing fan. Yeah, loves Marvin Hagler. Yeah, he said you. He said you can't you can't expect to wake up in the morning to go for a run when you wake up in silk sheets. Yeah, you know once you start living <laughs> once you start living like yeah. Yep. Civilized, yeah. You 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 lose the passion and the drive. So you gotta you gotta you gotta you gotta act rough, live rough a little bit. You know. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Yeah, yeah. You know, we love. By the way, yeah. Sorry, mm-hmm. I, I I Marvin Hagler, not one of my greatest favorite fighters, yeah. but I respect him. Right, he absolutely ruled the middleweight mm-hmm. division for about nine years. Never he was out unbeatable. of shape. Never out of shape. Never. Right. Always always came to fight. Yeah. You you had the pack of lunch. Nine years, pretty much, dominated the middleweight division. Yeah. Right, and beat everybody except the controversial fight against Sugar Ray Leonard, where he ended. Um, he ended his career after that, by the way. That, yeah. that was his last mm-hmm. fight. Cool. Well, Raul, man, again, all I could tell you a couple things. One, thank you very much, right, for coming back on the podcast. Um, you're the first fighter, right, to make a, a second return. No, him and, uh, and uh, Lacero, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah. the first fighter to come in person um, from July 8th. Yeah. Hopefully, Raul, it's not another uh, six months till you come uh, back on again. We uh, would love to have you here in person. I extended that last time, but this time we got to make it happen. You got to come in here not only as a fighter, but as an actual analyst talking about and breaking down some of the fights that are going to come up here. We got some good ones, right? We got Canelo and Caleb Plant that's finally going to come to fruit. Not Caleb Plant. Canelo and um, Billy Joe Saunders. Even sooner, you got Burchelt Valdez. Yeah, and I don't like that fight yep. for I don't like that fight for Valdez. I already told you. I think yeah. that's I think that's a mismatch, but. You know, Raul, I guarantee you will have a lot of take on that. Um, Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Raul, again, man, you're here at Pacific Coast Boxing, Alfonso Ruiz, Rick Prado. We just want to tell you thank you, right? Congratulations. Congratulations. Um, We're just as excited, right, especially when we've got fighters that we're a little bit more connected to and closer geographically. We're excited for you and your career. This is the first of many. Stay focused. Success has a way of finding those who deserve it, and you're one of those. So thank you again very much, Raul, and congratulations, brother. Thank you, and thank you for having me again. All right, folks. We'll be right back. Pacifico's Boxing, Alfonso Ruiz, Rick Prado. There you have it. Okay, Pacific Coast Boxing, Alfonso Ruiz and Rick Prado, and we're back. And that was a uh, that was a privilege for everyone to get caught up with Raul Lizarraga. So that was good stuff, right? I feel like with with Raul, it's like we can talk to him about boxing and everything else for for quite a while, man. Yeah, no, no, um, you know, well knowledgeable, and uh, you know, he keeps getting better. You know, as as, as we do with yeah. the, with the podcast. You know, he this interview yeah. was better than his last interview, and he's going to keep getting better every time he comes on. Yeah, no, that's a good point, right? Yeah. You could definitely tell he was, you know, a lot more comfortable, right, yeah. having the conversation, which is not like anything else, right? Mm-hmm. Like you know, anything else in life. But that's cool, and yeah, hopefully, uh, we'll have to get, like I said, him and his brother and his dad to come here in the studio. Yeah, uh, you'd get a kick there. I mean, the dad's good people, and then again, just to get you know them to weigh in on some of the other boxing topics. Yeah would be pretty cool, man. So, yeah, that was cool. I always love talking to, uh, again, that's why we do the podcast, right? It, it, we want to talk to fighters, right? Yeah. World could be Mikey Garcia, world champion. could be future world champions like Raul and and Lacero, um, you know, Adam Blue Nose Lopez, Sue Lemurbina, right? Mm-hmm. 
Um, we love all fighters, man. Yeah, and you know they they may forget about this feeling. You know, the longer their career goes, mm-hmm. but you know they can always look back on. You know, this is how I felt in this moment. Yeah, that's a yeah. good point. That's a good point, man. And you know, again, you know, you're you, there's never there's only one pro debut, mm-hmm. right? There's not two of those. And so, you know, hopefully this is something, just a feeling of that pro debut. He's able to bottle that up, you know. And I'm telling you, it's a special accomplishment, you yeah. know, win or lose. Obviously, he wanted a win. And like I said, he wanted a, a dang knockout, mm-hmm. which he got in 16 seconds. But um, but just to accomplish that is, um, it, it's a major milestone, man. No, no, it's, it's great. A lot of people trust me. I think a lot of people try to go down that journey, that path of saying, oh, I'm going to be a professional fighter. And you get detoured by one thing or another. Mm-hmm. A lot of distractions, usually other people, but then you mix in everything else, you know, drugs, alcohol, just all kinds of distractions. But he's fortunate because he's got a dad. He's got good people around him. You know, he's got Jesse, of course, who runs Temecula Boxing um, and all the other people that, you know, that help him as personal, as trainer, et cetera, that kind of keep him on track. Yeah. So which is important. But at the end of the day, he still has to be disciplined himself and which he obviously is. No. So. Can't wait, man. Can't wait. The future's going to be bright for him. Um, the future's bright for us as well, Rick. Round number one for us, uh, fight number three. And so let's have at it. What's going on in the world of boxing? All right. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll start with the uh, this past weekend. Um, it's a couple fights. Uh, we'll get this one out of the way. But uh, Caleb Plant, unanimous decision um, over uh, Caleb Caleb Truex. Yeah. Um, basically, is what everybody expected. It was going to be. It was. It was a complete shutout. Um, you know, it was hard to watch, you know, it got boring at, at, at points. Yeah. Um, you, you could tell Truex was just looking to survive. Um, and, um, you know, Plant is, is, is a pretty good defensive fighter. So it, uh, not very exciting. Yeah. To say the least, yeah. I think this is when they say it was just as exciting as watching paint dry. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, didn't win a single round. Yeah. Right. It was one, uh, 120 to 108. We told you, right, we talked last week that this fight was at minus 5,800, which translates to 98.3% chance that Caleb Plant was going to win. So we knew it was going to be non-competitive going in. Not only was it non-competitive, but it was non-watchable. Yeah. Okay. Again, right? Now, that being said, I'm not gonna, we're not taking anything away from Caleb Plant. He did what he had to do. He beat the IBF's number three ranked mm-hmm. fighter in that weight division, right? Yeah. So he did, you know, let's not, and we're not blaming Caleb Plant. Like he yeah. did what he had to do. We're just coming from pure boxing fans and fight fans. Like mm-hmm. these are not the fights we want to see, especially on national television and it being promoted by Joe Buck and everybody else as a great fight. It's not. It's just a fight that had to take place because of the sanctioning body. And that's what you get, just a, just a big dud. Yeah, and, and especially on a Saturday night where the, there was no other boxing on. Right, on, you know? right. Uh, we, well, there was the, uh, the Don King uh, production, but uh, yeah. that was on pay-per-view. Nobody saw that. <laughs> you know, so, no, who's, who's going to pay for that? So, but yeah, they, they, they had the, the spot. They could have had the spotlight on them. Yeah. You know, um, make a little bit more competitive fight. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and, and you bring more fans to the table. Yeah, for sure. But, right, that hopefully sets up the next fight. Um, you know, Canelo now has to take care of business, mm-hmm. which, you know, he probably will. Not probably. He will yeah. against Avni Ilidrum. And then, of course, we have the showdown between Alvarez and Billy Joe Saunders. What happens to Caleb Plant after this, though? Right. Um, you know, maybe, the, you know, there's there's talk that uh, he could fight Benavides. Benavides, yeah. You know, that, that the most logical fighter. Yeah. Um, you know, it uh, both are PBC. Right. So it's, it's not a fight that, uh, you know, couldn't be made. Right. Uh, just, you know, hopefully Benavides comes in, in shape and, you know, he makes weight. And, mm-hmm. um, but, yeah, that's probably the next fight that's on, on the radar. Yeah, because, you know, like we've talked about, right, Canelo kind of has this path. Mm-hmm. And it should be Elidrum, and then it's followed by Billy Joe Saunders, and then followed by Caleb Plant, yeah. right? If he does that, then he cleans up, and he's the you know unified champion yeah. at 168, and he's got every belt. Yeah. So that's the idea, right? Mm-hmm. So I guess you know, is, does Plant wait then till the end? Because that that's probably looking like a September yeah. fight then. Yeah, you know, and, right? and you know, Benavides would be the fight we probably want to see him in. 
but more than likely, you know, we we'll see him in another tune-up. Yeah. Because he doesn't want to spoil that. Uh, yeah, you can that showdown with with Canelo. Yeah, you can, and that's yeah. kind of why I was asking. Yeah. So I mean, ideally, yes, but yeah, he's probably going to or just hang out until September, especially yeah. if it looks like it's a lock deal. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't blame him, by the way. Yeah. That would be the fight for every belt at the super middleweight division. Yeah, no, they, when you have that payday, you know, kind of like we referred to uh, Manny Pacquiao earlier. Yeah, you you can't blow that uh, that payday. No. Um, also, this weekend uh, we had uh, WBA interim heavyweight title match. Yeah. Between Trevor Bryan and Bermain Stavern. Yeah. I mean, we haven't heard Bermain Stavern in, in how long? Not since he got knocked out by uh, Wilder. Right. You know, what is that, two, three years ago? Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah. It's been a while, but somehow Don King had him on speed yeah. dial. So, right? yeah, Don King was able to bring him out, and uh, <laughs> he got knocked out in the 11th round. Um, and he was a late sub for um, what should have been uh, Manuel uh, Char. Yeah. Couldn't get his visa straightened out and uh, wasn't able to make the, the, the fight, but... Uh, he still re- charged. Still remains the w- WBA champion in recess. Yeah, whatever that means. Yeah, whatever you know? that means. Yeah, because what's his name? Uh, you know, I know we'll talk a little bit about yeah. Manny Pacquiao because he's now the champion in recess as well. Yeah. When I think of recess, Rick, I think of grade school when we uh-huh. used to have recess, and recess was like fifteen minutes. Yeah. Right. Never exciting, by the way. You can never really like start an actual game in no. recess. You know what I mean? Yeah. You can go out there and whatever. You know, play a little bit of you know freeze tag uh-huh. or whatever. You know but never really get into it, right? Because you were going to come back right away. So yeah. does that what that mean? You know, hey, it's just a quick recess. Yeah, it, right? it could be, you know, because uh, I still think uh, Anthony Joshua's WBA champ, and there shouldn't be a bunch of other guys. Well, he is, yeah. right? And you've got the gold champion in Robert Hellenius, uh-huh. right? WBA, and, well, you know, the WBC and does the same thing with the interim. How many fights of Robert Hellenius have you seen? Yeah, no, zero. Zero. I've yeah, seen zero yeah. fights of Robert Hellenius. And, and <laughs> yeah, if you told me he was fighting this Saturday, I'd, I'd, we'd have to do some research, right? Uh-huh. Maybe we should know more. I'm sorry. Yeah. But, you know, this is the issue with all the sanctioning bodies mm-hmm. and their different championships. Yeah, no, the, the whole thing's there. Especially the WBC and the WBA, yeah. by the way. They're the ones that really are infamous at this, right? Because mm-hmm. the WBC also has their interim, which means they are next in line. For yeah. the championship fight, so that's like you know in the WBC that's right now Alexander Povatkin. Yeah, wow. So, but the fact that Don King right can still pull these things, you know, get the number one uh, you yeah. know contender Trevor Bryan against uh, um, uh, uh, with with Stavern. Well, it's, yeah. it's, it's still great to hear that he's doing fights. You know, yeah, it, uh, yeah. You know, when was the last time we heard about a Don King, you know, promoted fight? Yeah, I would say yeah. um, uh, it would be uh, Camacho and Julio Cesar Chavez. <laughs> yeah, that was the last relevant yeah. fight, yeah. No, I mean, seriously, the, the Tyson days uh-huh. was really the last that he was relevant. Mm-hmm. And after that, he's just kind of disappeared, man. Yeah, no, it, it, it hasn't, been, uh, <laughs> hasn't been good. Yeah, pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, also, too, uh, last week, um, Bob Arum and yeah. uh, Oscar De La Hoya, you know, had held uh, – Meetings, yeah, and out of those meetings came that uh, they're they're trying to make a Terence Crawford Virgil Ortiz fight yeah. by the end of the year. Okay, you know, excited to hear about that. You know, that's think, exciting. Yeah, that's a real good fight. Like we said, you know, uh, Ortiz is uh, scheduled to fight Maurice Hooker, mm-hmm. um, un- uh, not undefeated, but uh, one loss to Jose Ramirez. Step up fight. Um, I don't think it's too big of a risk. Hooker's no. moving up in weight. I think that you know um, when Teofimo Lopez was fighting. Um, Oh gosh, um, I don't know why I can't think of his name now. But that that was a risk, right? The um, yeah. Lomachenko, Lomachenko, of course. Yeah. My gosh, yeah. When you fought Lomachenko, this not as much. But so yeah, yeah I, man, I love that. If those guys are talking about Ortiz Jr. and Spence, are you kidding me? Yeah, um, all day long. No, yeah, it would definitely be a you know great fight into the year. Uh, love to see it. Um, yeah, it, it just depends on probably how Ortiz comes out of that um, that Hooker fight. Yeah. And then, um, He's favored, by the way. They they already have him listed as favored. Yeah. I'm talking about uh, Virgil Ortiz Jr. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll give you the number. When are they scheduled to fight? Uh, it uh, was March, I believe, March 13th or somewhere in there. Yeah, they 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 had a they had a number on that. By the way, uh, Canelo's favored at minus five thousand against Elidrum. So that's another you know ninety percent plus yeah. uh, um, opportunity or the chance that he's going to win. 
I'll get that number for you, but they but they already have because there's a lot of folks, you know, grumblings that, you know, is that too big a risk? It's not a risk, the Ortiz and Hooker fight. Yeah. Ortiz is going to beat him. No, yeah, yeah, I think he's too big, and they uh, got him at minus a thousand. Yeah, it's March twentieth. Yeah, they have him. Uh, they have him at minus a thousand right now, meaning um, Virgil Ortiz Jr. Yeah, yeah, that's a ninety ninety one percent chance that they think he's going to win. Yeah, no. They, so think, uh, the, yeah, they, they, trust me, those numbers are rarely, rarely that off. Mm-hmm. Uh, the also the the other fight that they were talking about was uh, Teofimo Lopez Ryan yeah. Garcia by the end of the year. Yeah, that one is something else, mm-hmm. man. I mean, yeah, again, now now we're talking real fights for Ryan Garcia, yeah. right? Not the exhibitions like we said in the opening. That's a real fight. That's a fight we want to see. So, like, yeah. you know, now that makes more sense. Like you said earlier, have him fight a Javier Fortuna, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of a tune-up. Uh, maybe, uh, like, you know, we talked maybe about— Linares? Yeah, yeah, I don't know, man. That's, you know— That's a tougher one. That's a tougher yeah. fight because Linares, and I think Linares is, is kind of like the odd man out, and I think he's uh-huh. extremely motivated, right? Um, don't forget, I mean, Linares beat Luke Campbell, although Luke Campbell was coming back in that fight. Mm-hmm. Linares is a pro's pro, man, uh, and he's slick. And, and so, yeah, I, I that that's not an easy fight. Now, do I think Garcia wins? Yes, yeah. but I just, at this point, why risk it? Yeah. Better to put him in where he's going to make money against the Javier Fortuna. Mm-hmm. And Fortuna's ranked number two in the WBC anyway, so yeah. he's a spot above uh, uh, Linares. Linares. So, yeah, have him fight Fortuna and then set that big fight up with— because, again, one of those guys has to fight. We've talked about the lightweight division. Mm-hmm. The Haney, Davis, Lopez, and Ryan Garcia, the quote-unquote the four new kings of boxing in this yeah. era, a combination of those guys has to fight at yeah. least— Two of those fights has to come for, to fruition, and if you ask me which ones, yeah, this I this is this will be the first. Mm-hmm. I'd like to see this one. No, yeah, I'd love to see it, and I I think eventually Teofimo, you know, probably this is probably his last year at yeah. one thirty five. Yeah, you know, he's already eyeing the uh, Josh Taylor yeah. Jose Ramirez winner, uh, which we'll talk about in, in a little bit. There's a date, location. Yeah, um, but um, you know, if he's able to beat. Um, you know, I don't know how busy Teofimo is going to be, but um, yeah. he, I think he has a fight coming up in April or May. Yeah. Um, his mandatory, and then uh, if he fights Ren Garcia at the end of the year, and then moves up. Yeah. You know, it's a great year for him. Well, and I'm going to tell you something, right? Even with the, um, even with the impacted COVID and mm-hmm. and the gate, you know, the gates being limited. You know, here here's some numbers at you. You know, you tell me that the, that that fight wouldn't do better than this one. Um, Spence Jr., by the way, right, has done better than everybody, but it makes sense. He's fighting out of his hometown there in Dallas. The Spence and Garcia fight recently, it did 2.6 million live gate from tickets, Rick. That's that's pretty good. 14,500 tickets. Canelo and Smith, right? Now, you're talking about Canelo, right? Pound Mm -hmm. for pound. Um, You know, best fighter other than ESPN, of course, right? But uh, that fight only did two point. I say only compared to the Garcia Spence yeah. Jr. fight, two point three million in ticket sales. No, oh, wow. eleven thousand tickets. Yeah, right. And yeah, and, and the tickets. Yeah, the the Garcia Spence fight on average about one hundred eighty bucks a ticket. Canelo and Smith was about two hundred nine bucks a ticket. Okay. So just think about that. Even the um, even the Santa Cruz uh, Tank Davis that did one point four million at the gate with eight thousand tickets. What am I getting to, right? You get uh, an arena, a stadium big enough yeah. for Teofimo Lopez and Ryan Garcia. You put that in Vegas, I bet they get over 20,000. Yeah, yeah. And I, and hopefully, you know, the Easily. COVID issues, you know, are not, you know, what they are. They, they won't be what they are now. But, yeah. you know, what if you're able to pack that house? Yeah. Um, we'll also get into, you know, some of the other things. Uh, Aaron was mentioning that... Uh, in order to host fights, you know, Vegas is looking at early May. Uh, you would need to have uh, a recent COVID test. Yeah. And uh, or, you know, have proof that uh, you've uh, been vaccinated to wow. be able to attend. That's interesting. And I'm already thinking, right, like how do they validate yeah. of, you know, what documents you're showing are valid? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Oh, right? You can, could you imagine all the shady documents? That that, that's what I'm saying. Out, you know, yeah. remember, I mean, in Vegas, especially in Vegas, right? Uh, um, Papa Giorgio got a free, uh, got a license made. Yeah. Remember the the, yeah, the vacation? Uh, 
vacation. Yeah, Vegas yeah, vacation. yeah. That was Papa Giorgio. He yeah. got that on the street. So if you <laughs> yeah. can get a you can get a license made. I'm pretty yeah. sure you can get a a document that says you were vaccinated, yeah. man. He had that big, uh, you know, he held up the big sign. Right. And then he snapped the picture. That's yeah. exactly right. So if you're able to give, he was able to pull that off. Right. Pretty sure they're going to be able to get whatever they want yeah. from back. But you know what? That's fine. If that's what it takes mm-hmm. to get, you know, people at the seats and people, you know, safer, yeah. then then so be it. Yeah. Uh, again, I'm all, I'm all for it, man. Um, here's another thing I'm all for, Rick. Let's take a quick break. Okay. Um, and then we're going to get to the rest of the news. I know we still got some good stuff coming up. You even have, right? A basketball player update in yeah, boxing, basketball. right? Yeah. How exciting is that, folks? All right, with a little bit of a twist too. So we'll be right back. Pacific Coast boxing. All right, Pacific Coast boxing. Alfonso Ruiz and Rick Prado can't help but chuckle. Yeah, at the uh, the family vacation movies. Yeah. Oh, awesome, awesome. All of them, all of those were good, man. Yeah, yeah, all those were good. I mean, those are the young days with Anthony Michael Hall uh-huh. and Chevy Chase, you know? Yeah. Um, although I'll tell you, uh, who made a pretty good uh, vacation movie too? Uh, Cedric the Entertainer had a movie, Vacation. That was pretty good too, man. Oh, okay. I don't know if you saw that one. Uh, no, I didn't, I didn't see that one. <laughs> yeah, I got, I got to tell you, that was pretty funny too. Did you see the Vacation remake? No. They, they had a recent one. Oh, uh, did they really? With uh, Christina Applegate was the wife. Mm. Um it was yes. pretty funny. Yeah, I did. I okay. did see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a good one too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, not it wasn't like this year. It was like or not this year just started. It was within over the last year or so, right? Yeah, yeah that was a good one too. Yeah. No, wasn't I mean, it the same guy that came out on um uh, the hangover? Wasn't that the husband? Yes. Yeah. That one, yes. Yeah. yeah, that was good, man. No, yeah. That was that, that was that, that was one. funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was pretty good. Uh you know. Classics, classics. So there you go, man. Yeah. See that hence why, you know, the, the value of having all these things in Vegas, man. Mm-hmm. Allegiant Stadium, right? Yeah. That holds what? What did they build that for? Capacity? It's gotta be 50? 70, 80. Oh, you think that much? You know, for uh for Raider get Do- home? Doesn't game? look that big from the outside. I was thinking more yeah. like 50, 60, but oh, let's see. We'll have to we'll have to figure that out. Yeah. But I mean, that's the thing, right? You could semi fill that up. You gotta have twenty thousand safe in there for COVID, mm-hmm. right? Uh, capacity sixty five thousand. Sixty five, yeah. But but you're looking sense. at sixty five thousand for you know a Raider game, football game. Yeah. But you can put seats on the on the yeah on the field. floor, right? Yeah. yeah, that's exactly right. That's what I'm saying. I think you yeah. can safely in today's all the constraints they have. Mm-hmm. I think you you got to be able to put twenty thousand in yeah. there, man. No, it definitely would be awesome. Uh, speaking of Allegiant Stadium, yeah, um, Canelo Saunders is looking like uh, Allegiant Stadium might be the location on uh, May eighth. Yeah. Um, Bob Arum also, he's, he's decided, you know, he's going to put Josh Taylor, Jose Ramirez, he's not afraid. Yeah. He's going to put it May 8th as well, also in Vegas, looking at, uh, MGM Grand as location. Yeah. And, um. The bubble. That one will be, you know, on ESPN. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's hoping, you know, I think both, um, venues are hoping for, uh, you know, fans at, at those. Yeah, so not the bubble then. So the yeah. a different the MGM, yeah. the traditional the MGM. Traditional, yeah. It's kind of odd that he would do that, right? Well, you know, why would he go up against? And now you're saying, you know, regardless, he's going to put it on. Uh, it's mm-hmm. going to be on ESPN, so it's not pay per view, right? Yeah. Um, depending on what time it is, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know what po- folks are going to do? They're going to record that fight. Yeah. Right. Um, the Canelo uh, Sanders fight, I take it, is he still dealing with Matrim? So it's going to be on the zone or what? Yeah, it'll be it'll be the zone. Yeah, which and again, you know, we've talked about the mess with that, right? You can't hit the previous button on your uh, on your remote, mm-hmm. right? You can't easily hit the previous to go from a regular quote unquote, let's just call it a regular cable channel like yeah. ESPN. You can't switch back and forth to yeah. an, to a, a pay per view app like you know. Whatever it may be, mm-hmm. right? Like in, in this case, it's the zone. Yeah, it doesn't work. So we're going to record that fight. People are going to record the Taylor. And that's too bad, by the way, because yeah. see, this is the thing, right? Another reason why boxing just completely shoots itself in the foot. Yeah. Those are two great fights. Two great fights. Right. And, um, you know, fight fans are going to want to go to both. Yeah. And if they make it to where you can't go to both, you got to yeah. pick one. Yeah. And why, and why do that? Yeah. Why do that? Back in the day, I think I told you the, the very first. Um, Arguello prior fight mm-hmm. that took place on a Friday. Yeah. Okay. In Miami at the Orange Bowl on a Friday, right? Yeah. And everybody watched that fight. So why not do that? 
and, and it's not a bad idea. You know, host a, a Josh Taylor, Jose Ramirez on a Friday. Right. Keep those same people in Vegas. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and have them go to the uh, Canelo Saunders the, the yeah. day after. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, they used to even make fights, by the way, on Sunday afternoons. They even had them on Saturday afternoons. So that's another option, right? Yeah. Don't put it don't put it up against a fight. Yeah. All you're doing is 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 you're just, you know, you're screwing up, you're throwing marbles in front of those of us that are fight fans, right? Mm-hmm. That, you know, the the Taylor Ramirez fight, right? And we're gonna talk and break that fight down. But you're talking about, you know, that's the hundred and forty pound clash that we've all been waiting for. Mm-hmm. And it's going to go heads up against another fight. And I've told you, I think Billy Joe Saunders has the best opportunity to beat Canelo. And yeah, what a that's unfortunate. Yeah, no, it. Uh, but it's not set, right? Yeah, he's, it's not, he, it's not he, set, he's just you know, saying he's throwing yeah, that out there. You know, sometimes he talks a little crazy though, too. Yeah, know, I hope kinda, not. Yeah, it, it'd be you know they should just put them on different weekends or you know yeah change the dates. But uh, you know he's just he's a stubborn old guy. <laughs> yeah. Um the la- uh, the latest on um Sean Porter. Yeah. Know, he's still uh chasing uh Terrence Crawford. He's still hoping to land that uh match. Yeah. Know? Um it, I don't know if they've upped their offer from one million yet. Yeah. Yeah, that's unfortunate. We talked about that when that first came out. Uh and we don't blame him, right? I think again Cal Brook yeah. Cal Brook, right, got up to at least three million. Mm-hmm. And this is a faded older Kel Brook that is not in the same league yeah. as uh, you know Showtime Sean Porter, so I get it. I agree with him. Yeah, he shouldn't accept one million. You no. know, his fighter's career is short, and yeah, did, Sean Porter's not some you know just some uh, uh, what do you call it? Just some contender trying yeah. to up and come and make his name. I mean, he gave Spence Junior a, a hell of a run, right? Yeah. Um, and he's he, and so yeah, no, there's no way I totally agree yeah. with Porter. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think this is there. I'm just kind of being stubborn, yeah, trying to stick it to PBC because you know they haven't been making the fights that right. he wants to make. Yeah, no, that's right. I mean, Sean Porter, by the way, ranked you know number one by the WBO, mm-hmm. number one by the WBC, number two by the IBF, right? So yeah. you know, the, the, the only only the WBA does not recognize, uh, Sean Porter, but how often do you see that, Rick? Do you see a fighter in the top five of at least three of the sanctioning bodies? Yeah. No, Pr- no. Pretty rare, right? Mm-hmm. And there he is. There's Sean Porter. Yeah. No, it, it definitely, uh, I think it'd be an interesting fight, you know, just to see, uh, I think Crawford wins, but I, I think it'd be interesting to have him in there because he hasn't fought any of these PBC guys. They've yeah, all and, fought and, against each other. Yeah, and you never know, by the way, man, because, you know, uh, uh, Porter has that, like, that smothering aggressive, very like very unorthodox, yeah. right? And that's what he did to Earl Spence. He made him very uncomfortable and he put him in positions that he wasn't used to mm-hmm. and he gave him a fight. And so yeah. who who who's to say? Yeah, I think Crawford would be favored. Yeah. But I don't think it would be not by a landslide, man. No, and and, and I think you you take this fight, you have this fight, and if and if Crawford you know, wipes out Porter. Yeah. And which nobody else has really been able to do. Right. You know, he's lost close decisions. Right. You know, but uh you know, if he looks really good against Porter when nobody yeah. else has, yeah. You know, it makes a statement. No, that's that's a yeah. good point, right? Is if he's able to stop Porter, right, or just beat him in convincing mm-hmm. fashion, you're right. All of a sudden, you know, maybe ESPN has, you know, some some legitimacy to the their his claim as the pound for pound best fighter. Yeah. Um, also, uh, Earl Spence wants to fight, uh, Jordinius Ugas. Yeah. You know, because Ugas now, uh, because Manny Pacquiao is the champion in recess. Right. Uh, right. And, uh, a 15 minute break, like we said. Yeah. Does he even have a ch- chance to play a full four square game? He figures he can, uh, pick up, uh, you know, an easy title. Yeah. You know, against, uh, Ugas. Yeah. By the way, um, they didn't have Foursquare where I grew up. Did they ever play Foursquare in your school? Yeah, we did. They, they, yeah. Are you serious? There was, uh, you know, you'd have uh, baby bouncies, you know, yeah. have, you know, all kinds of. Uh, that must be the difference, right? Uh, that I think that that's the difference when mm-hmm. the the big generational gap, yeah. right? When they, um, yeah, because we didn't we didn't have that. We had uh, we had kickball. We had uh, we definitely played kickball, and and in the the by the way, the pitch was always a big deal. You know yeah. the the roll, right? Uh-huh. If you like them bouncy, uh-huh. so you can get some air underneath it and whatnot. Oh, yeah. 
That was always a big deal. Yeah. But I think, yeah, no, no, no offense, but I think once the four square game came in, uh-huh. I think that's where the toughness kind of you know yeah. drew the line on generations. I, I man. Know, we also had a game called backstop. I don't know if you remember backstop. Is that right? Nope. Where uh, you would use that same backstop yeah. that you use in kickball. Yeah. You know where the catcher sits. <laughs> yeah. You had to kick it. Yeah. Into the fence. And then it would roll away from the fence. Yeah. You'd, then the next person would have to kick it. Yeah. And you always tried to hit the pole. Yeah. If you could hit the pole. Yeah. It would roll back and oh, it would no go, kidding. you know, 100 feet. 100 wow. Feet, you know. But, uh, yeah. Interesting. Sorry, man. That's yeah. just started to divert <laughs> us. But when, you know, when you see recess and they even yeah. have it listed, you know, if you go to boxing scene and you look at, they already have it listed, recess, Manny Pacquiao. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, of course, Earl Spence. And by the way, Spence wants to fight him because, you know, Ordinas Ugas is the reigning WBA champion, so that would give him every belt with the exception of Terrence Crawford's WBO belt, yeah. right? So, you know, it would just basically give him that much more leverage, right? Say, look, he owns three of the four belts. Yeah. So, right. And then, you know, then maybe he'd be able to get his, you know, 60-40, yeah. even though he's been talking crazy, talking 70-30. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then that's not going to happen. Yeah, no. Um and then, uh, you know, speaking of other things that uh, will never happen, yeah. uh, Adrian Broner wants yeah. a Floyd Mayweather exhibition. Yeah. You know, he wants to get paid also 30 to $50 million to have this exhibition. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense, yeah. you know. I mean, why? Yeah, that's not going to happen. Who's going to pay? I mean, look, there would there should have been more interest in uh, Mayweather's fight against KSI. Yeah. Right? That went nowhere, so they had to cancel it, mm-hmm. right? How in the world is there going to be, you know, that much interest that they can pay Adrian Boner thirty to forty million for an well, exhibition? Well, see, here's the problem. Yeah, um, both of these guys, Broner and Mayweather, mm-hmm. made made a killing, made a lot of money by being the guy that nobody wants. Yeah, you know, everybody wants to beef. Yeah, the heel kind of heel, right? You've got two heels going up against one another. Nobody yeah. wants to see that. No, that's that's a great point. Yeah, yeah. we don't care. Yeah, yeah. we don't care. So, Not only that, but he's been non-competitive yeah. in in all of his last fights. So, yeah. So even yeah. even if it was a real fight, yeah, nobody would want to see it. No, yeah. no, it's exactly it, right. It, it, complete disaster. Yeah. Um, and then uh, L- Lamar Odom. Yeah. Also, you know, former wow. NBA. Yeah. You know, world champion. Yes. Lakers. Yes. You know, is going to become a celebrity boxer. No kidding! Yeah. Wow. I guess the I guess the um, the piece there would be you know who's going to be in his corner are yeah. we are we going to have some of the uh, um, you know the employees from the uh, what is it the cat house or the bunny ranch yeah you know yeah. that I mean that would add something to they, it they right could be there yeah but other than that come on man six <sighs> ten Lamar Odom my 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 biggest problem is when they found him at that at that yeah. place we, uh-huh. was he in really bad shape like you know. Have we heard an interview with Lamar Odom since? Not in a while. I mean, no, like, and, and by the way, by the way, you know, everything, all that aside, yeah, really good dude. Like from everything yeah. that you hear and see and read about him, right? Yeah. And I loved him as a basketball player, by the way, yeah. right? So, but yes, for all intents and purposes, he's a good person. But yeah, I, he was almost out, right? Yeah. Wasn't he like in a coma or something like that? Yeah. Like they didn't, I don't think they thought he was going to live. Right. They had already written him off. The Kardashian gal that he used to date, Uh she even came back into the picture just to help him out and be there. Right. Because again, everyone, there's athletes that, you know, people just don't speak very highly of. Right. Yeah. Lamar Odom's the complete opposite. Like everybody has, who knows him, speaks only positive things about the guy. Yeah. You know, so it was good that he came out of that, uh, you know, regardless of what the circumstances were. But yeah, come on, man. To fight, he's six ten. You yeah. know, and who's he gonna fight? Yeah, I, I don't know. You know, it. Uh, it uh, you get in these exhibitions. You know, this is. Uh, you know, you, you just hate to see it. You know, because I don't think. Uh, I think even Nate Robinson. He he's only yeah. been out of the the league. You know, a few years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, looked like he was in great shape. Yeah. But it didn't go well. No, I was gonna say right. Did he not yeah. see what happened to the last NBA guy? Uh-huh. Right. And how that ended up, you know, I mean, he's it's going to feel like he's back in right. The bunny ranch. It's going to be the same thing. Yeah. Right. He may not survive this one, by the way. Yeah. No. <laughs> you know, in you know, hopefully he gets, uh, you know, maybe an actor, maybe, yeah. you know, that he's fighting and, you know, not a not somebody who's, you know, two or no, three and oh, yeah. you know, actual professional fighter, you know, get him an actor or something. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. 
um, but yeah, you know, that's that's all I've got excellent. Know, for the news. No, excellent, Rick. That's a good wrap up. We're going to be right back with everybody's favorite segment, the stat of the week, and then we'll wrap this up, folks. Pacific Coast Boxing, we'll be right back. All right, Alfonso Ruiz and Rick Prado back, Pacific Coast Boxing, and here at the end of round number one. We're going to finish with the flurry here at the end of fight three with everybody's favorite segment, the stat of the week. What do we got? So, yeah, for this week, um, I'm going to touch on the um, – we've been doing a lot of odds yes. recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about the Caleb Plant fight. Uh, yeah. He was minus uh, 5,800. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I was able to find this from bookies.com. Yeah. You know, greatest boxing upset of all time. The you know. greatest boxing upset of all time, yeah. and and we're talking about um, obviously it has to be a relevant fight yeah. because they're not going to put odds on some obscure mm-hmm. fight somewhere. All right, so what what were the odds? So the odds were um, a minus four thousand two hundred. Minus four thousand two hundred. So yeah. just to kind of uh, you know level set for everybody listening, you don't have to do the calculations. Mm-hmm. We will. That is a ninety seven point six seven. So pretty much a ninety eight percent chance. That um, one fighter is going to win. Whoever's whoever's at the mm-hmm. minus forty two hundred. Yeah. Wow. So again, you got to bet forty two hundred dollars to win a hundred dollars. Impossible. Ninety eight percent chance. Yeah. Ninety eight percent chance that something's going to happen. Uh-huh. Wow. Okay. But and and it didn't. Obviously, this no. was the biggest upset. Yeah. Okay. Um, I've got an idea who it is, mm-hmm. and but go ahead and tell us. It's at the what division? It's a the heavyweight division. heavyweight division. So folks that are listening out there, right? You probably should have figured it out by now. Yeah. If it's at the heavyweight division, minus forty two hundred. So who was it, Rick? Uh, James Buster Douglas defeating Mike Tyson. Yep. By tenth round knockout. Yep. Isn't that crazy? Had yeah. no idea that was at minus forty two hundred, man. Yeah. No. And and it seemed to be a a, a theme of yeah. you know they showed the top five, and all five fights were heavyweight. You know, yeah, where one punch can change the. That's uh, what I was gonna say, yeah. right? That's why it makes sense, right? Because in that division, you never know, mm-hmm. right? Who else do we got on the top of that list? On the top of the list, uh, number two was also Mike Tyson being yeah. defeated by Evander Holyfield at negative uh, twenty five hundred. Yeah, and that's odd, right? Because um, and that was the first uh, Holyfield Tyson, right? Yeah, like you wouldn't think, right? Like I didn't think it was that bad. Well, um, I reading into it, yeah. Um, they said this is right after Tyson came out of uh, jail. Okay. You know, he spent, you know, four years in jail. But Tyson had four, basically four tune-up fights. Right. Looked great. Right. Holyfield had been fighting. He went two and two. Yeah. In his, in his, in his four fights leading up to this. Well, it was against like Riddick Bowe, wasn't well, it? Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, he it was, you know, his first stoppage against Riddick Bowe. Right. You know, it, uh, Riddick Bowe, though, was one where, you know, just to go off subject, but yeah. you would have loved to have seen him against, you know, Lennox Lewis. Yes. You would have loved to have seen yeah. him against yeah. Mike Tyson. Right. Never really only had that one loss. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but, yeah. His issue was just, yeah, just a mental. Yeah. Just wasn't always focused, unfortunately. Kind of an enigma. Yeah. Right? Because he had all the tools mm-hmm. that would have been one of the great heavyweights of all time. But but at nine minus twenty five hundred Hollyfield and Tyson, yeah, that's ninety six percent. So ever yeah. so the so the bookies thought the the house that thought that Tyson had a ninety six percent chance of beating yeah. Hollyfield. And then you know third on the list, Andy Ruiz Jr. Yeah, defeating Anthony Joshua was at minus twenty four hundred. Yeah, see, in that one, that one you would have thought. I mean, yeah. that's that's ninety six percent even. That one you would have thought would have been much higher, don't you think? Yeah, no, yeah, you, certainly you, higher than Buster Douglas mm-hmm. and Mike Tyson, right? Yeah. That's just that's weird that that fight that the Ruiz Joshua fight goes to show you right that somebody knew something. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, it's still would you say minus twenty two hundred? Uh, minus twenty four hundred. Yeah, minus twenty four hundred. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's still ninety six percent even, but yeah. still, either way, very lopsided. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy, man. Well, there you have it. So, um, so what you're saying is right. Is that some of these fights that we're looking at, right? Even though we're saying minus whatever twenty eight hundred, mm-hmm. you're saying um, stranger things could happen, right? Yeah, stranger things have happened. Uh, yeah, but my lock of the week hit a little plant last week. Yeah, your lock yeah. of the week was right on. Yeah. Didn't get the knockout, right? Didn't, get, Didn't the knockout. get the knockout, but he did you know, say he hurt his hand. Yeah, you know, but the first part of the but, fight. But you know, you talk about yeah. basically 
the equivalent of like pitching a perfect game or a no hitter. Yeah. Right. Twelve rounds to nothing on all three judges. Mm-hmm. Correct. Yeah. I don't think there was a single judge that gave no. one round. Sometimes you'll get that one. Right. There wasn't get a the, single person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Never mind the professional judges. Yeah. Right. There wasn't a single person anywhere who gave Caleb Truex one single round. Yeah. Right. So there it is. They should start that, right? The perfect game in boxing, yeah. right? Caleb Plant, <laughs> right? So, but if you look at the numbers of some fights coming up, yeah, so Canelo Alvarez is at minus 5,000, like I said earlier. Oh, so that's never yeah. been done. Only yeah. the minus 4,700, you uh-huh. know? So, yeah, there's not not many in that range. Um, yeah, so I, we'll have to keep an eye on it now that we understand yeah. what what the record is. All right, and the record for this particular show is is going to be a wrap. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, uh, Raul Lizarraga, for coming on the show. I forgot to mention, right, that we are going to make a donation to Survivor the Leader uh, because Raul came on the show, especially now as a pro fighter. So that's going to be a cool thing. Uh, looking forward to next week. Got a lot more stuff happening. Rick, that'll do it. Protect yourself at all times, man. Yeah, see you next week. All right, folks, that's a wrap. <laughs>